0: I'd ask them to be uh, consistent and uh, be confident. Of course, uh, do, you cannot lose hope um, if uh, something doesn't work out or something doesn't go right because um, it'll teach you. Be a
1: sponge, always keep your glass empty, keep learning as you keep moving ahead. My name is Manish Paul Simon, and you're listening to the Ark Gyan podcast, where I speak with architects, designers, and planners from across India who share their knowledge about design and architecture. This is episode number 11, Life of an Entrepreneur Architect with Varun Kapoor. Today we have with us Varun Kapoor who is the founder of Plus V Architects, a young and upcoming firm in Mumbai. Which is a multifaceted firm that specializes in architecture, interior design, graphics, and a lot more. On this episode, you will get to listen to how Varun got into architecture, the challenges he faced starting his firm, what it takes to be a young entrepreneurial architect in India, his passion for bodybuilding, and a lot more. We will be writing extensive show notes of this episode on our website. Which you guys can check out on Arkyan.com slash Levin. If you like this episode, please give us a like on whichever podcast platform you're listening from and leave us a rating on iTunes, which gives a long way to helping the Arkyan podcast grow. Now without further ado, we have with us Varun Kapoor. Hi Varun, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot for taking your time out to talk on this podcast. Hi Manish, good morning. How are you doing? All good, all good. Yes. So before you venture into how you started Plus V Architects, uh, give us a brief on how you got into architecture, whether you've been always wanting to become an architect as a kid growing up.
0: Uh, Yeah, actually it was, uh, for me, it's always been very black and white. Uh, If I like something, I want to do something, I just go for it like all cards in so i always wanted to be an architect not really an architect as a child but i i was fascinated by by spaces by built by structures around and just the, the size the sheer scale of it got to me and i always dreamt that someday i will grow up and do i didn't know how i didn't know what but i wanted to build i wanted to build always and as I grew up, I kind of uh, focused on how I can do it and what is the way to do it. And then architecture was was the way.
1: Awesome. So you started your journey in Kamla Raheja, right? So give us right. a small brief on how was your uh, architectural education?
0: Architectural education in Kamla Raheja was really nice um, because... Um, we as students came with a very uh, set frame of mind, and uh, what Kamla Raija did for the first few years was break those walls down. Right. So we had so as as a design student, you uh, you have to think wide. You have to you have to widen your horizons, which Kamla Raija helped us do a lot as a college in the way they taught us and in the way we moved uh, ahead in terms of design and scales, different scales of design. So it was a good experience um, because a lot uh, that a lot of the the way I think today is thanks to the education that I have had. I was lucky to to be part of that.
1: Right, awesome. Generally, a lot of uh, students of architecture they as soon as they graduate they start working for a couple of firms, gain a lot of experience, and then start off. Right, but uh, you seem to start off as soon as you graduated. So could you uh, tell us how and when where did Plus We Architects begin?
0: Uh, so actually i uh, started off when college was still happening it's not it's not the best way to go about it and i wouldn't recommend it but i i actually happened to get a few projects when i was just about finishing off college awesome and uh, i used to uh, so that's the only reason why i wanted to really wrap up college quickly so i finished off architecture in about four and a half years which is a five-year course So i wanted to finish off the fifth year in six months time so i could get on the field and get out there and and see how the real field works because
1: i believe in hands-on knowledge is as important as academic knowledge so your college gave you that flexibility of finishing it in four and a half years is it that time yes we did have
0: the flexibility um it was a risk because uh, finishing off a year's work in about six months was difficult it was i used to sleep three hours a night but um, oh, wow. looking back it was uh, It was a good experience because it set me up for what challenges uh, I was to face in the future. Right. And how did you come up with the name uh, Plus V Architects? So plus we see as any design firm, the name kind of evolves, but plus three is what plus signifies is the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually architectural firms or architects across, then their name, name comes first and then it's associates or it's uh, plus architects or etc. But for me, I believe the team is as important or probably more important than me. As a person, uh, so plus we. So, when uh, we came up with the name plus V, I um, I wanted the team to have as much importance as me. Uh, after we set the name up plus V, the first week, I think a vendor called us up and he said, Oh, hello, is this uh, positive architects? Okay. And we said, and he said, We said, what? Oh, and then that's when it hit us that oh, plus we could also mean positive. Yeah. And it was, it was actually a, a good feeling. And I still remember that. And uh,
1: we said, Okay, fine, plus we works perfectly. <laughs> Awesome. So, who are who are the we in your uh, team? You you started off on your own, right? But you started building a team as well, is it? Correct. Correct.
0: <clears throat> so, my brother uh, Karan Kapoor is uh, is a major part of the firm because uh, see, um, as a design practice, there's a lot more, more than just design. There's funding. There's client management. There's labor management. And Absolutely. we handling a multitude of projects, so there is uh, somebody who, who needs to take care of that part of design he's also an architect is it? Uh, he's an engineer he's right, an right. engineer yes he's an engineer perfect combination and, yeah it's a perfect combination because he's really good with his uh, labor skills and his funding and his management skills so he manages the the stressful part of it well
1: i uh, manage a lot of the design and clients right so it's, it's a good combination yeah awesome and how were the initial years of uh, running your practice uh, very difficult extremely difficult but that
0: again it it shapes you it, it defines how you progress because um, you fall down eight times you have to stand up nine so it's just that so you you've you got to keep pushing you've got to keep moving ahead and uh, what I love about this is uh, you have to be incessant you cannot stop mm-hmm. you just cannot stop you've got to keep evolving every site teaches you something every client teaches you something you got to and intelligence is cumulative you as you move ahead you keep gaining from your past experiences and it just makes your design so much more better and so much more functional and evolved so it was the initial few years were kind of uh, difficult but that right. is uh, if you're setting up
1: any uh, new venture the initial years but th- that struggle is what shapes you Awesome. So you mentioned that you started your, I mean, you kind of started work when you were in college, right? So that helped you build contacts and all that, is it?
0: Uh, See, contacts, yes,
1: along the way, along the ways, one step at a time. And then
0: uh, when I finished off architecture, um, there were uh, a few projects, very small scale projects. But I said, I'll do it for myself. Um, I kind of uh, worked for myself for about a year and then uh, I joined a big firm. But right. plus three was going parallelly on, which I don't recommend okay. to people to, yes, okay. I wouldn't even think <laughs> the name of the architect I worked with, but um, I used to work five days a week in the firm and I used to, after I got back from work, I used to finish up my workout and then sit and work on my own projects. Oh, wow. So for the first, first three years, two years, I think I only slept about three to four hours a night just so that I could manage everything and weekends I used to be on my own sides and no one really knew about this so that is uh, the kind of effort that has been put in to set it up <laughs> so after two years is when you decided that you were going to do this full time yes correctly and um, there were some really good projects and i said you have, i have to take the plunge i have to take the plunge somewhere and that's when i decided to completely go off on my own i said if i if i fail i fail. what's to lose awesome. <laughs> what's to lose Brilliant.
1: So, you've uh, set up base in Mumbai, right? Correct. So, what are the different challenges you faced uh, running a firm in the city of dreams, which is Mumbai?
0: Uh, see, Mumbai, uh, there's a lot of challenges. There's, but there's challenges like there's cost challenges, there's timeline challenges for commercial projects. They come up with uh, impossible deadlines. Okay. Yeah. So some certain projects we've wrapped up in about 18 days flat from start to end. And about, they're pretty large spaces. And the clients are just, because it's a commercial space, they already have deadlines and they have to move in and make the space functional. Mm-hmm. So, yes, deadlines are one thing. Uh, budgets are another. Budgets are a strict. Uh, it's 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 a very strictly defined budget for a lot of projects. Okay. You get leeway only on a, about twenty percent of projects, but right. the balance of it is just very budget driven. It's all right. It's uh, but it just teaches you to uh, understand how to fit it in and
1: make design look best in a, a cost constraint. So you didn't have clients who, who were willing to spend a lot initially? Is so it? There, no, Initially,
0: there were clients, there were clients, but then again, I'm, as I'm saying, it's a percentage. There okay. are certain clients who are willing to spend and the majority of them, see, willing to spend, but then again, there is a budget. There is a defined budget. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times the, uh, when you overshoot, you cannot overshoot. Because uh, you have to understand the inhibitions of the client as well. You have to think from the client's perspective that, of course, in in design, sky is the limit. There is no stopping. Absolutely. But uh, somewhere you have to put your foot down and say, okay, that's it. That's where I stopped.
1: So could you tell us more about your first projects? Uh, What kind of projects were you handling in the initial years? See, the initial years were were small stores, uh,
0: were very small offices um probably small salons which Interiors came, is what, it yeah so whatever came my way so initially when i started off whatever came my way anything that involved design uh, involved us so anything that anyone wanted anything designed even brochures or i even did graphic design for a while okay. which was part of uh, what we did so and so for me, uh, no was never an answer. You want it done? I'll do it for you. I'll figure a way out, but I'll do it.
1: Right, but sometimes uh, it's good saying no to certain projects,
0: right? Because yes, 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 which is what I have learned along the way that it's necessary to say no, which was not. Uh, part of the initial years where I would take up anything and everything Okay. because uh, I just thought that it's going to teach me something it's going to teach me something which probably I might not use now I will probably use it later in my life. So yeah.
1: when was the time or uh, could you tell us uh, when you decided to start saying no to certain projects? Uh, it's since the last Three years
0: two years two and a half years yeah that's two and a half years because uh, then when the scale starts going up slightly and uh, of course people want you to do smaller scale projects is when yeah. uh, you have to kind of say that listen it's uh, slightly because it kind of see even if you design a 100 square feet space i'm mm-hmm. not saying it's uh, it's going to take less of your time because design is um, an overall package so the time taken to design a 100 square feet space is about 75 percent of the time taken to design a thousand or a two thousand square feet space mm-hmm. <laughs> logically speaking because everything has to be detailed everything has to be working yes right so but then again the kind of effort you put into that
1: uh, cannot help you grow in scale okay right right yeah, it help you grow in scale yeah cool and you've had your brother current help you running your practice, and I'm sure he's. Uh, you have a great team too, right? Right. So when you just, I mean, you have a team. So how important is it to have the right team to run an architecture practice?
0: Oh, it's really important, as I said. Plus, three the plus is is the team. In fact, so a team is really necessary, and it has to be a team effort. So the way our team functions, um, it's it's very flexible. Uh, in terms of work timings, oh yeah, in, okay, yeah, yeah, it's flexible. So there's music playing in office, and uh, nice. and um, each of them is allocated projects depending on their aptitude. Someone's good at designing, someone's good at uh, uh, figuring details out. So each one of them has their own. Uh, so I kind of figure out uh, who's good at what mm-hmm. and. Uh, kind of make them focus on that and do it to the utmost of their uh, their skills and how many members do you have in your uh, right office? now right
1: now we have six architects working under us okay so it's Karan, me plus six architects okay awesome yes And how do you approach your designs or what is the design philosophy of uh, Plus V Architects? See, the design philosophy has always been to keep it simple. To keep it simple as
0: a lot of architects say less is more. Um, See, it has to be just enough. You can't go overboard. You can't uh, under design. It has to be just enough. There's a very fine line. Sometimes you fall on either side of the line, but um, over time you kind of start understanding what that fine line is. Mm-hmm. And your style is more of contemporary, is it? Correct. I, I like doing contemporary, but then again, I, I, uh, what we believe as a firm is it's uh, the client's project. It's eventually the client is going to be using the space. There's only um, so we have to allocate a part of the design aesthetic to what language and where we come from and then we have to make it really functional for the client you can't uh, a a lot of times where form follows function and function follows form Mm -hmm. it has to be the perfect mix you can't just design how you want it and it's not functional for the client so you right. have to have a fine balance. So it's always a back and forth with the client. It is. It is always a back and forth. But that's how design evolves. That's how, um, that's how the best of design happens. Because if it's a one shot and you finish it off that way, somewhere there is not a satisfaction that you could have done more. You could have done more. So you should be satisfied yourself that, okay, this is probably
1: the best of my ability that I could do.
0: Okay. But and that is what makes you feel good
1: yeah you always have but obviously you have your last say right in the design because sometimes clients overpower the architect and end up yes. <laughs> doing their designs right correct it happens it happens very often it happens very often but uh, of course with
0: experience you know what works and you can kind of put your foot down sometimes and tell them it's not going to work okay that's where uh, clients judge by your experience that okay fine you should listen to The Architect
1: sometimes. Okay, great. And which projects have your... I mean, you've done a lot of projects so far in a short span of time. So which projects have, have been your favorite? Uh, so the the cross house that we did um, is one of my favorite projects so it's a it's a,
0: a modern contemporary farmhouse on uh, on top of a hill Wow! Yeah. and uh, it's got a forest at the back and it's got a valley right below it and it's it's one of my uh, favorite projects yeah uh, because uh, it's just two blocks kept uh, on top of the hill and the, the the upper block is basically cantilevered over a
1: 50 meter cliff drop so you get a large view of the hills yes
0: you get a complete panoramic view of the entire valley and the hills okay Uh, so it's uh, it's a project very close to my heart and the other one is a resort that we're doing um, in Kapoli it's called Campolian and it's just made out of stone wood and glass oh wow okay it's just made out of stone wood and glass and again that again is embedded in the hills of Kapoli Um, so these two projects are really close to my heart yeah this is close to Mumbai is it Yes, uh, so crosshouse is in Karjat and um, Campolian is in Kapoli. Okay.
1: So it's a, it's a 60,000 square feet resort. All right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, moving on, uh, how has social media helped in propelling your firm? I'm sure social media is going to be a great uh, tool for a lot of architects, right? So, how has social media helped you? Oh, social media is uh, is very important. Um, I, for a very long time
0: as a firm, we were not on social media. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it was about time when the team started pushing us that, okay, we need to be on Instagram, we need to be on uh, Facebook for, for us to gain visibility. And that's when uh, we started kind of putting effort in to be more visible uh, to people because uh, we're doing work pan-India. We've even done projects in Muscat. Oh, wow. It's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, because of the social media visibility that uh, people start knowing you. Yes, uh, but again, as I would say, I'm, I've seen some architects who are really, really good at it, who are constantly posting five times a day, and that's something we find slightly difficult. Considering, yeah. <laughs> I understand. How, uh, How
1: busy we are, but we manage. We manage just about enough. All right. So it's not necessary that even if you're an uh, introvert, that uh, I mean, you have to do social media. Uh, It's it's become a
0: necessity. It's become a necessity because uh, there is so much competition right now that uh, you have to show what you're made of. And what better way uh, to show than put your projects up and put them out there for the people to see.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Apart from being a design practice, what other ventures are Plus we Architects into? Uh, So uh, we
0: basically do all uh, scales of design. Anything we've uh, designed bottles, we've designed uh, graphics, we've designed landscape. Uh, urban design um, anything and everything that involves design but primarily
1: um, a design practice
0: Uh, any scales of design but design so (laughs) that's that's what that's what we know and that's what we do
1: okay so what percentage could you say that maybe 50% of your projects are interior design or 50% is architecture
0: yeah it's actually uh 40 60 i'll say okay 40 60 40 is uh, architecture and 60 is interior
1: oh wow okay so interior design is also very important uh yeah, because
0: architecture see architecture is uh, yeah it's more like a dream it takes time mm-hmm. it takes time to build up uh, interior projects on the other hand are quicker they move right. faster right. and there's many more that you can do in the same span of time. You can probably do 15 interior projects in the span of
1: one architecture project. And you get to charge more as an interior designer, is that true? Uh, not really, no, I. Um, so
0: I don't think so. Because nowadays what is happening in the way Mumbai is working is uh, there is always somebody who is going to do it cheaper for the client. Okay. You will always find 10 people who will do it cheaper. So charging more in terms of interiors, I don't agree with that because clients are also very informed about costs. They are also, and they do their homework and they come. So there is uh, not really scope. And we don't really believe in charging the clients high. So we keep our our margins low. Um, So that's how we function.
1: But you're primarily a service-based office, right? Or you do even turnkey projects? No, we are uh, are design architects. Okay. We are design architects. So which is a percentage of the project?
0: Not really, not really uh, a percentage of the project. See, it's very project specific because a lot of clients come by word of mouth and then... uh it's it's just the figure so we don't believe fees is um something which should be discussed for a really long time okay. so um usually kind of sit down with the client and ask them what they're comfortable with and then uh, once uh, we're both on the same page then we just discuss it once and put it behind us then what's important to us is design
1: and that's uh, what we do and that's what we focus on awesome yeah i think that's definitely a guiding light for a lot of your architects Yeah. All right. So let's come to the entrepreneurial part of this episode. Uh, So you started your firm as soon as you graduated uh, from Kamla Raheja. Is it a good idea for young entrepreneurial architects to start their practice as soon as they graduate, or do you think they need to gain some more experience before doing so? No, I don't believe it's a good idea to start immediately after you're done
0: with your uh, graduation Mm -hmm. Um, because um, there's so much uh, learning that is necessary in terms of how a firm's function how work is allocated how organization happens Mm -hmm. and you cannot figure all these things out if you're on your own there is uh, nobody see because when you when you join a firm there are people there who've been there for years who've done what they're doing for years and you have to keep your glass empty you Mm -hmm. have to keep your glass empty and absorb as much as you can Absorb as much as you can because uh, there's so much learning out there in the field, and uh, you have to work with somebody whose work you like. Of course, you can't be um, in a job which you don't like or the kind of architect that you don't want to work with. Okay, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, so you would much rather be with somebody you like and understand what works and what does not for your own self in case you plan to start off on your own but i would believe that
1: uh, starting off immediately is not really a good idea and a lot of young architects they try to take up uh, whatever projects when they're working or uh, when uh, initially when whether it's interiors residences right so is that a good strategy to take (laughs) up whatever comes in your way Um, I did it, I told you I did it uh, when I was starting off,
0: but uh, no, um, it actually depends on where you want to head uh, in the future what direction you want to take um, if someone's clear that um, a lot of architects I'm speaking to nowadays are into landscape design and they are clear with what they want so ta- them taking up interior projects or architecture projects doesn't really work for them mm-hmm. and uh, that's what I'm telling them that okay if you ha- if you know where you're heading then you know what kind of projects you need to take uh, but for me as such uh, I had taken up everything because uh, I thought I'm going to learn something. I am going to learn something which I did end up learning from each and every project and each and every client. Um, it's, It's a very personal call for the architects. It's a very personal call. You have to figure out where you're heading and take your shots accordingly.
1: Awesome. So you seem to have hustled your way through life and uh, I'm I'm sure now you've reached the stage where you're a great architect but what's the uh, and that requires a lot of time management right so what's the best way a young architect can manage his time I uh, see time management is is really crucial in in the field because
0: uh, um, there are deadlines. It's uh, architecture and interiors is a very uh, timeline-bound profession. Mm-hmm. You have to finish off things in time because sites can't wait clients can't wait because every time there is a lag it affects uh, the client in terms of uh, money it affects the labor it affects everybody so uh, you have to be really really good with your time management um, uh, yes we we are doing about 15 projects right now probably. okay, okay. Yeah. so there uh, we don't really have a choice there there are times when we allocate five meetings in a day. Oh, one and a wow. half hour slots each so we you really can't <sighs>
1: Uh, go wrong with your time you really can't but sometimes the, uh, clients tend to drag on your meetings and all that right so that time you tell them uh, that have strict uh, yes
0: you have to you have to be clear um, Okay. before the meeting begins that uh, okay there are prior uh, engagements which have been decided and um, it's better if we stick to the timeline and we uh, d- close the discussions so we don't rush, rush discussions we manage to finish them on um, finish them off in the required
1: time great And how can an architect uh, leverage social media? You spoke about social media, but uh, do you have any social media marketing tips?
0: Uh, Social, exactly. You have to be consistent. You have to be regular and you have to be incessant. You have to just keep doing it. you have to keep doing it which we are figuring out along the way right now because we just went live on uh, um, instagram just recently okay and uh, facebook we've been we've been around for a while but you have to keep posting uh, because people have a really short memory and um, you got to be out there and the most happening social media platform right now is instagram right correct correct. so uh, it's actually the team who forced me to come on instagram okay. <laughs> so they actually made the account and they started posting stuff and i said okay fine guys take charge because uh, really don't have the time to look at all of this but now
1: off late we've started posting uh, some stuff yeah and that is why your brother has more followers than you is it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's very good with the social media okay. skills he's very good with the social media skills and he uh, of course he is regular with uh, what he posts about our projects and uh, what we are managing me not so much i do an occasional post on my personal handle about once okay. in 2 weeks 3 weeks and that's
1: barely what i can manage all right and uh, how important is it to have a website or is it necessary to have a website see right now uh, website basically just becomes a link on
0: your uh, card
1: mm-hmm. people
0: really don't visit websites as much as they uh, look you up on the other social media platform oh is it okay yeah so website is yes of course necessary and we don't have a website still because uh, uh, the thing is there are so many projects which keep coming up and uh, we have not really found time to to get the right design aesthetic for the website of course it, the base is ready it's built but every time there are some changes and projects keep getting added on and there's something more which we learn in terms of how we want to showcase our projects online
1: so we just prefer doing it on the other social media platforms great and uh, you see india is a country with uh, loads of languages right so how important is it to know the local language at it, least oh, it's, be a- it's, it's absolutely necessary Okay,
0: because, <laughs> because when you're on site you, so you speak
1: marathi hindi and oh, absolutely,
0: absolutely okay so, uh, the, see the only way to get to a person's heart is is through his language uh, so if you have to convince if you have to convince people to do things for you you have to speak in their language which is a necessity and it is i would say you can't go to a site uh where the, like we've we worked in the interiors we've worked in tier two tier three cities as well okay where people are not so averse with the labor working is not so averse with english mm-hmm. and then that's where uh the local language kind of helps you to make them understand because eventually you are not going to be the one on site who will be
1: executing it but them right absolutely And uh, do you have any tips for our listeners if they want to like uh, learn languages faster or something? See, the only way to learn languages is to be on sites. We've spent a lot of time
0: on sites and uh, for the team also, uh, we make sure that there are ample site visits so they understand uh, it's not only something you design on a software and send it to site, you have to be there to make it work, you have to explain
1: uh, to the people who will be executing it how it is to be done it's it's a necessity yeah and uh, vastu also is a very important uh, aspect when it comes to practicing architecture in India right so how Uh, important is it to know vastu as an architect
0: see as an architect um, as an architect vastu is uh, important but uh, I I have been uh, in touch with about 20 different Vastu guys from which are connected to 20 different clients and okay. each one says something different. Okay. Each one has a <laughs> own way of functioning. Vastu as a science works. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, it does work as a science but uh, as a business, no, not really. Right. So so a lot of them are really good with their skills and um, of course we don't believe something unless we see it so we kind of see patterns over sites as to what they had said, how it works if it's good, if it's bad. Um, As a science, it works. But uh,
1: when people start making it a business, not really. Great. And also, (laughs) technology is changing the way we practice architecture, right? So, what are the kind of softwares you use? Or uh, do you have any plans in the way you want to implement certain softwares in your business?
0: Yes, we are constantly
1: evolving because... um, as and
0: when we add new members to the team, each one comes with uh, something new which has evolved or some new software which has come out, which we didn't have when we were starting off. Right. And as we're moving ahead, uh, the kids coming in are uh, really good with their skills and it's really impressive as to what they can do. Uh, which we couldn't do when uh, we were there nine years back. So as as software, yeah, it's it's constantly evolving, and of course, it's it's kind of difficult to be in touch with everything that is uh, coming up. Yes. There's a lot coming up, um, so that's where the team kind of comes in. And uh, since uh, it is uh, more a team effort, so if if somebody is good at a new software which is just about to come in, uh, he trains all of us.
1: And we are right. good. We are good to learn. So you work on AutoCAD, Lumion, SketchUp. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And have uh, you started using Revit as well? Uh,
0: Revit sometimes, and uh, not necessarily for. Uh, um, some projects but when we do need revit we have uh, guys in house who can take charge of revit as well okay me personally i'm not uh, i'm not really uh, informed about the software as much uh, but the, the team handles it well enough
1: because uh, revit seems to be in the bim space right which is building yes. information yes. modeling, which is very uh, paramount uh, uh, in the future which is very important which is very important
0: which is very important exactly why uh, so we are uh, kind of focusing on uh, enhancing our uh, software skills as, as a team
1: as well so we are in a constant process of learning and uh, evolving and adapting to what's coming up awesome awesome Varun alright so let's get to the most exciting part of this episode <laughs> which is uh, how your passion for bodybuilding uh, give us a small history on how you got into bodybuilding and your, uh, why you so enthusiastic and passionate about it. <laughs> so, um, I'll tell you what, when my my 10th boards
0: were uh, almost over, okay. I had about a week okay. um, of a break before my last exam. So, uh, the other kids were partying, enjoying, having fun, just getting ready for college life. Mm-hmm. And I said, What do I really want to do? I said, Okay, fine. There's a gym close to home. And I said, Okay, let's. Try and get fitter. Okay. And um, got there and uh, it's been 16 years now. wow. (laughs) I just look back and it it just went by like a whiff. Uh, It's it's a passion. It's uh, something I have uh, uh, followed with my heart and soul. And it's something, uh, it's my space at the end of the day. When work is done, when you're done with all the stress of the day, that's when I hit the gym. So I'm there for about a good one and a half are and I don't take my phone there I'm not connected to anybody so it's I'm completely disconnected it's my own space and uh, it's been the same since 16 years I I just prefer being disconnected focusing on myself and uh, when I walk out of the gym at the end of the day the mind is calm really calm
1: and that's how um, it kind of brings peace it brings peace to me yeah right absolutely i mean being an architect in itself is very difficult right but uh, you seem to have had it even bodybuilding so how did you achieve i mean uh, not many architects can pull this off so how did you pull this off um uh, i used to sleep less okay. in, college. <laughs> in college i used to sleep less so um,
0: college used to get over really late And uh, there used to be deadlines. There used to be deadlines. So after college, I used to hit the gym, finish my workouts off. So by the time people used to be done with half of the submissions is when I would start in the night. And then I would go on till 3.34 in the morning working on my submissions. So it was not the right thing to do, looking back. Because, uh, But then it was a passion, and I really wanted to do it. And I couldn't not do it. So I said, I have to... (laughs) You have to be consistent when you're working out. You it's the only uh, rule is you have to be consistent. You can't take an off day There cannot be a cheat day because you don't need it. Your body needs it
1: every day. And it just helps me think clearer. It just helps me also think more defined. So there's no excuses that even if you're an architect that you can't do bodybuilding. Not really. <laughs> because, it's, you see, uh, giving about one hour a day,
0: you can allocate one hour a day. It's just 4% of your day, time in your day. Absolutely. It's, it's that what you have to give. Just, uh, I would tell young architects to probably Instagram less, spend a little time <laughs> on Facebook, speak a little less to your girlfriend's and. Yeah. <laughs> the gym, just take that one hour out for yourself. And it's gonna help you go a long way when the stress levels get higher because it's gonna help you manage it so much better.
1: It also helps you build confidence
0: with your clients and all that, right? Uh, not it really. You, it, it, it helps you build confidence. It helps you build confidence, not in the way that I intimidate clients, but um, <laughs> okay. not, not, not really in that way, but it just helps you feel good about yourself. Yeah,
1: It feels you, it makes you feel really nice at the end of the day. Yeah. Awesome. All right, let's get to the quickfire round, uh, where I ask you certain personal questions. Uh, okay. What do you know today that you didn't know back then? How to say no? Yes.
0: How to say no is something I know right now. And it's it's necessary. It's necessary to say no a lot of times.
1: Awesome. And what
0: one book has changed everything for you? I'm not really much of a reader, uh, but I happen to read this uh, book about Elon Musk, which was inspiring. Which was uh, really inspiring because uh, I love the way the guy thinks and he works and he functions. Of course, it's he's a machine, awesome. right? Yes, yes, he's a machine, and um, I'm I think on similar lines. Of course, I'm not as okay, awesome.
1: <laughs> as, as as crazy, but um, of course, it's inspiring. And besides your iPhone, I'm assuming uh, you have an iPhone. Uh, hmm. wh- what's your favorite resource, product or gadget that you can't live, o- live uh, without? I'm, I'm not really a gadget
0: person. If I could do away with my phone, I would really do away with it. Okay. Um, exactly why I just like put it away inside a drawer when I, when I hit the gym. So for me personally, gadgets are not so much uh of a fixation uh, i would i would say if it's a, a product it's definitely dumbbells okay. awesome. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and who has inspired you the most as an architect
0: um when i was in college um uh, van der rohe mees i was i really loved his work mm-hmm. Mies, and i also liked kalatrava's work two guys so, right who i really looked up to because of the absolute craziness and yeah, means because it was uh, the definition of simplicity
1: awesome and what are your plans for the future for and for plus v architects oh we got to take it across the globe we have to take it across the globe be
0: larger be more fun as a firm and uh, have a lot of uh, satisfied clients across the globe that's what the plan is brilliant
1: and you've already started working on this big plan is it
0: it's, it's been on since I got out of college. So yeah, building it step by step, brick by brick. Very organic growth. but Yes, that's how it should be, that's how it should be. And uh, when you look back, it's it's been a good process and it's just about the start. So long way to go.
1: All right. Coming to a close, uh, Arun, what what one advice would you give to young aspiring entrepreneur architects starting on their own? I'd ask them to be uh, consistent and uh, be confident
0: of course uh, do you cannot lose hope um, if something doesn't work out or something doesn't go right because um, it will teach you always uh, be a sponge always keep your glass empty keep learning as you keep moving ahead and uh, don't forget what you learnt 3 years back or 4 years back or, or a year back may let your experiences be your uh, your
1: path awesome marun that was a great talk with you where you shared a lot of great insights and I'm sure you're going to inspire a lot of architects what is the best way our listeners could get in touch with you Arun oh you can look us up on on Instagram Uh,
0: we are called plus v architects plus v which is p-l-u-s-v architects or the same handle on Facebook so look us up plus v architects you can see what we do how we do it
1: and you can go drop your comments there
0: and it was a fun conversation,
1: Manish. Absolutely. So it was absolute fun talking with you. We hope to have you in the future as well. Definitely. <laughs> All right, guys. So that was Varun's journey in architecture and what it takes to become an entrepreneur architect in India. I'm sure you guys liked this episode. Please do give us a like and subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening from. And also, guys, check out our website, which is akian.com. We have a lot of blogs and videos also coming away, So stay tuned. And on the next episode, we have a principal architect from Bangalore who shares his thoughts on building information modeling, transformation of Bangalore, and much more. Until then, this is your host, Manish Paul Simon, signing off.